Everyone, thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Juice Man Speaketh. In this episode, I'm interviewing a good friend, Derek Black, who has many accolades to his name already at a young age. He's already a highly rated yoga instructor. He's a well-versed personal trainer. He's owned multiple businesses and is overall just a badass person. We're going to talk about patience, work ethic, life experience, and stuff like that. And I think it'll be cool to share a perspective that isn't mine, but also the perspective of someone that helped me get to the place that I'm at now. And so enjoy this interview with my buddy, Derek Black. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the sound of a cow. That was probably the best transition I've heard on this thing. I was pretty excited about finding that just a moment ago. And like I said, I'm going to be conducting this interview with my friend Derek Black. Derek and I have known each other for roughly 10 years. We were personal trainers together at 24-Hour Fitness. We both left 24-Hour Fitness, started our own personal training businesses together. Uh, we opened a gym called D&J Fitness together. Derek's independent business within the D&J facility was Derek Black Yoga. Uh, that's because his name's Derek Black. It's not some sort of yoga <laughs> involved in the dark arts, yeah. in case you were concerned with that. Uh, and then Derek ended up getting married to the love of his life and moving to Spain for a couple years. And when he was in Spain, he was teaching English as a second language to people in Spain, which is pretty badass. He was doing this in his early 20s. And also when he was in Spain, he started a nootropics company. For those of you that don't know what nootropics are, those are pills that make your brain work better, to put it as simply as possible, although it is far more complex than that. And he's pretty much traveled all around the world and generally a pretty cool person. So here's Derek. And Derek, do you have anything to add about yourself? Uh, I mean, that sounded pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I feel, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about myself after that introduction. <laughs> yeah, do you, ever, do you ever really think about how abnormal it is to accomplish the things that you accomplished at a young age, owning multiple businesses, traveling around the world. The majority of us don't even get out of the state until we're in our 20s, and you circumnavigated the globe. Uh, I mean, I only really think about it when people tell me that it's amazing. Otherwise, I just, I think I'm, you know, grateful for the experiences and opportunities that I had in my life and the awareness to take advantage of them when I saw them coming up in front of me. If you could attribute one sort of thought process or one idea that kind of motivated you to take those steps or take those chances or life experience that may have shaped your view when opportunity presents itself that you are going to take it instead of succumbing to fear, can you share a little bit about that specific life experience or the ideology? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the reason that I ended up taking advantage of opportunities was uh, I kind of I got lucky to be introduced to yoga fairly like young in my life, I guess young like how 20, old? Twenty one ish. All right, you know? maybe a younger. No, probably like 19. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I think through that, I kind of learned about meditation and realized a lot of things about myself that as a adolescent growing up, I didn't really understand what was going on in my life very much. Uh, just constantly confused, asking myself, you know, what am I supposed to do here? Why am I doing this? And, you know, one day I kind of had a meditation where I was essentially talking to myself, which I didn't realize at the time because, you know, it was just a out of this world type of experience where I have been asking myself for weeks and months, like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know what to do in life, you know? <laughs> There's so many possibilities. <laughs> yeah. You could do literally anything, and you have to choose something each moment and go with it. And I felt like I was always kind of frozen by that. And uh, in this meditation one day, I, you know, uh, some meditation-style-looking person, what I thought at that time, <laughs> I was like outside on the beach under this nice little rafter looking thing and uh this guy looked me in the eyes and he said you are who you are you like what you like and you're gonna do what you're gonna do a random a random dude just said that he to you would, yeah i mean we were like sitting there cross-legged like how i would imagine a group of people meditating would okay you know and some people have been like oh that's a past life oh all right but at that moment i don't know just like all the hairs on my body stood up and I just woke up with this, you know, crazy feeling. I was like, oh, man, that is, that's it. I, I am who I am. I like what I like. And that changes moment by moment. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I don't need to worry about it. <laughs> it, it it's so simple that I think it sounds kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I totally <laughs> do. And I think that's one of the reasons we get along. Yeah. Because... Although we've reached that point on different journeys, um, it's it's like one of those. It's just one of those things. And a lot of a lot of the positive changes I made in my life were as a result of you having that same conversation with me. Yeah. A variety of times when I was doing a bunch of wazoo shit, just like we did a ton of wazoo shit in our twenties. Yeah. <laughs> we had a group of friends. We we knew how to party. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> where I think we're living life in that manner, the moment by moment stuff. But I know for me, yeah. it led to a lot of frustration as a result of the stuff. Right. Um, you know, being super drunk and not caring about consequences. Right. Um, or taking other people into consideration. I know that led to me having a lot of negative thought cycles about myself, and that right. would spill into other areas of my life. I was wondering if you ever kind of went through that when. And like taking things moment by moment. Totally. Yeah, I think when you're uh, present moment by moment about all the things that you're doing, you know, sometimes, you know, being young and impressionable and hanging out and wanting to have fun and being influenced by society, you're going to make choices and later realize, oh man, that was not the wisest of choices. But I think in being present and realizing and not kind of creating a loop about, oh, because I did that, I'm a bad person. And then, you know, because it's a thing that happens to people where you start creating this loop and, you know, you keep telling yourself this thing that you are and then you act in that way. But, it, you know, making bad choices or, you know, what are potentially bad choices depending on how you choose to, like, see life in general. Uh, you know, if you're present to your experience after them or I found that if I'm present to my experience after them, I uh, just learn from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I know for I know for me, even though in present moments I'd be able to, for for me for a bit I was like, yeah, this is fine. I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do this thing. But then, it, I'd look back and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I could have done that way better. Yeah, and I didn't know how to let go of that. Like I, I'd be yeah. present in a moment, and then I get hung up on the past. Yeah, or I'd get so hung up on the future, and I'd bounce back and forth. There wasn't any consistency. Right. Um, and for me personally, there wasn't much consistency until, I. It's weird as it sounds, the combination of yoga and weightlifting, mm-hmm. and yoga and CrossFit yeah. and weightlifting, and com- conversations we had with our other business partner Naray at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah about how all of these different kind of skill sets or or fitness modalities all kind of played off each other as different as they were as extremely different as they were and extremely different as the three of us were yeah our kind of the passion for helping people through a different thing helped us recognize that everything has its pros and cons yeah um, and then we and all the conversations about life and this and that that kind of grew up from that. I think uh, I think that was pretty big, and I know that helped me understand being more present was through observing and teaching and practicing yeah. all those things we did. Yeah, yeah, and caring about the people that you're working with to be yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna be a hundred percent here for you to deliver what I can to help you in whatever way possible. Yeah, do you think that your time as a personal trainer or running that business um, that we had, D&J Fitness, Mm -hmm. do you think that experience working with so many people from so many walks of life and understanding something about all these different people, like a commonality perhaps, or a variety of commonalities that they all shared, do you think those experiences influenced your decision to head to Spain where I know a lot of people want to do stuff like that but they they tap out because they're right. afraid you know yeah. a lot of people want to open businesses and they never do because they're afraid right um, there's so many things that go into it where a decision like that where it's like fuck we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring right and you and Natalia it was fucking super badass you guys yeah. are just like whatever we'll make yeah, it work we'll do it yeah <laughs> but do you think uh, your interaction in our profession as personal trainers and group fitness instructors helped make that decision easier or helped you overcome that fear a little more easily? How much fear was involved? Can you kind of talk about that? Because I know there's a lot of people that want to make big decisions, like I said, that yeah, they just don't. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely having an opportunity, especially starting training people at 19, you know, Mm-hmm. I got to meet all kinds of different people in all kinds of different situations at all different stages in life and get to hear, you know, about their life stories and the things that went well and the things that didn't. And, you know, definitely I've been fortunate enough to have people share themselves with me like that in a way that I could learn. You know, I think they saw me as a young kid and they're like, let me tell you about what I've experienced in life and see if <laughs> any, any of this helps you at all. Yeah. Where, you know, I think not everyone gets that, you know, I feel like we don't get that human interaction as much these days, quote unquote. I feel like I have to do air quotes when I say that. They can't see them, but (laughs) I can confirm for all of you listening that there are two hands making air quotes right now. So please continue. But yeah, I think uh, that and, you know, 
being present with those people because you know you can be around people and not really truly engage with them Mm -hmm. and having you know whether it was just because of the circumstance or whatever that being present with so many different people and getting to learn from them definitely helped shape the way that I make choices in life and I mean you had kind of mentioned fear about you know making big changes which I mean yeah definitely fear is always an aspect because you never know what's coming (laughs) but you know I think honestly for me one of the things that made me realize and you know they always talk about big life things making you realize important things you know my dad had been sick for a long time and growing up he always told me you know when when I retire I'm going to do this when I retire I'm going to do that and I always thought man yeah that's great that's what life's supposed to be And, you know, he got sick and he passed away before he got to retire. And I was like, damn, like, we make these plans. And, you know, he always used to say, we make plans and God laughs. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you believe in God or whatever you call God or, you know, those types of things. But I think, you know, to me, it made me realize, like, we can make plans, but who knows what's going to happen tomorrow anyway. So we might as well live our lives in a way that's, bold and fun and exciting and you know I want to be able to one question someone always used to ask me when I was trying to envision how I wanted to live my life they'd say imagine yourself as a really old person on their deathbed Mm -hmm. and you have you know your grandchildren whatever people crowded around you what do you want to be able to tell them that you did with your life Mm -hmm. like do you want to say oh yeah I mean and nothing wrong with it but oh yeah I went I worked you know I had a good family I did these things and uh, that's it Mm -hmm. or do you want to look back and say yeah I did you know I lived in another country for a couple years I traveled around the world I did these things and uh, I think the combination of those two thoughts are something that I always try and keep in mind you know who Mm -hmm. knows what life has in store for you and uh when opportunity comes around, might as well take it. Yeah, and that's and that's a really big thing because I know, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with getting married and going to school and right. having kids and, yeah. and not traveling to older. And I and I think a lot of people that are doing all these amazing things, and and I don't. I think you got a chance to listen to it. I did this one episode where it talked about like it's just as amazing for people that are deciding to be present with their kids and hold down jobs that they might not dig so hard but they don't appreciate how special that is and the things they do and the choices they make and they look at people that travel or have this or that or the other thing like fuck like they got it so easier they got so good that's the shit i want and i think one thing that was big for me in the same industry is it's like fuck like everyone's got a pretty rad life for the most part. Oh, yeah. It just seems like the majority of us don't appreciate for sure things that we have, which which is a trip. And one of the things like that that same kind of thing, thinking about that deathbed, I think is something most people don't do. Yeah. And something I read about in a book. Uh, I can't remember what book, but I remember thinking well, when people die, a lot of them say, I wish I had done more good. Right. I wish I had loved more. Yeah. I wish I had been more open to experience. I'm like, fuck, you know what I've never heard of? Someone saying, I think 
I put out too much positive energy yeah. during my life or <laughs> I think you know I think I might have been too loving or too kind uh, or too accepting of right. different people yeah I've never read anything about that for sure and that's, and that's and that's a trip because for me like I was like super super selfish and angry and impatient and I was doing shit and then having all those regrets and I'm like oh fuck like life is short I should stop being such an asshole life is short dude it's crazy yeah it's I think it's a trip how more more of us we get we grow up in certain social circles and we have people in a certain workplace so we have our family our friends and our workplace and our workplace everyone's there for eight hours a day right Mm -hmm. for the for the most part let's say on average on average so they're sharing such a large experience and their lives have so many similarities when they're because everything's so centered around right. work yeah. that I think sometimes people lose sight of how much bigger life is and how yeah. much is different outside. Do you think us getting to connect with so many people from so many different professions and so many different walks of life and interacting with them in such a wide variety of ways for, I mean, months, weeks, years at a time... Right. Do you think a lot of people are missing out on that sort of perspective? Uh, yeah, I had never thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, I if you if you woke up and went and did almost the same thing as everyone you see every day, mm-hmm. right, which is most people's work situation, mm-hmm. yeah, I could imagine how that would really strongly shape your worldview and how it makes the world seems super small mm-hmm. and definitely I do feel that the fact that we got to talk to so many people with so many different stories living their lives completely differently um, made the world seem bigger you know we would meet people that had traveled yeah or we would meet people that would go on vacation to Europe or whatever mm-hmm. and I you know it's not like anyone I knew was going on vacation to Europe at the time so yeah. I was like man that sounds crazy <laughs> what happens in Europe yeah and you know you get to get like little bits and pieces of the experiences that they had in mm-hmm. you know whatever things that they've done in their life yeah it's a uh, it's it's wild man and I I think that kind of thing is a result of in order to be good at our profession we had to kind of be as open as possible yeah like the same open honesty about everything that the majority of people might not give certain people Mm -hmm. and i think we're as committed to their success and learning about them right as i mean anybody that i've ever met and what was what was crazy about that is how much all of my clients helped me in return yeah. through sharing their life experiences right. and motivating me through this and that. Because you, I, I know for me, I realized that we're all just in search of happiness. Right. And the majority yeah. of us, like, Basically, who knows what the fuck that is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I think we forget that other people want different shit to be happy. Yeah. And do you think, I know for me, sometimes I have this thought, I'm like, fuck man, this person is just looking to be happy they're what they're doing is not hurting anyone right why are we judging them so hard because you get a lot of people that are like yeah <laughs> rollerblading yeah. dumbest person that's, that's ever existed oh that's what you do with your free time and it's like yeah so they rollerblade yeah what do you do oh watching the news 
dumbest shit that's ever happened. Yeah. Oh, you read books? Nerd? Yeah. But it's... Do you ever kind of think that we got to meet so many people and it turns out everyone's cool? Everyone is cool. <laughs> everyone's that's pretty cool. That's the craziest cool. thing. Like, I don't know. I felt like before I had that opportunity, I would think, you know, oh, man. This guy I did the same probably, shit. This guy's an asshole. This, this guy's guy a nerd. This, this, you know, this girl's probably yeah. only thinking about that thing. This person's going to treat me like shit. And when you really talk to people and you, like, get down with them on a, like, person-to-person level, you're like, hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. What's what's going on yeah. in your life? But and, like, you know, but not share. just not not just like the head nod, like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, how's your day? Cool. I don't give a fuck. See yeah. you later." Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. like a lot. Oh, hey, yeah, how's your scripted. day? Oh, see you later. It's like that that yeah. weird like, yeah, like you scripted that social script. Yeah. How hey, how's you, your day? How you doing? Oh, yeah. good and you. Yeah. Oh, good and you. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, good and you. Oh and, wait, and, you already asked. And me. I th- and I th- yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times that I'm good, like that's enough, like. Yeah, that's that's yeah. it. And people so are and and people are for. people are being honest, and that's all they have time for. But I think, I think sometimes people have those interactions, and there's like some bigger shit that they want to share. Yeah, but then they don't. Right, and it leads to like a lot of what's it referred to? I think it's ruminating or ruminating on certain thoughts. Ruminating. Just, ruminating. Okay, that's a tough. That's English a tough major. one. I've I've read it, but I don't hear it pronounced very often. Often, I've I read it a like lot I've of times. Never read it. Oh man! So I'm going. It's strictly based oh, off of okay. whatever I read. Well, let, well, let me tell you this. It's a. <laughs> there's several letters, and sounds like at least a couple. And and you know, if you've never heard anyone say it, you kind of just go back and forth in your own head. Ruminating? Well, I get what it means. The thoughts roll around in your head a whole bunch. You know, they probably pronounce it different in different places too. So. Depending on whether you heard an American person say it or a Scottish person. Or even just or a, a, dif- a different state, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Southern, probably say it differently. Yeah. New York. And you know what? They're probably all cool. Ruminating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ruminating. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just, they're just rolling it around yeah. in, their, in their noodles. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I know we just got off topic, but, I mean, if any of you listening know how to say that word really well... Just send me a voice message on here if you are using the Anchor app. I want to hear how many different pronunciations oh. of r- ruminating or ruminating. <laughs> Any of you listening, however you pronounce it, throw that in yeah, in a voice message on the Anchor it. app. I would like to hear that, and then kind of and do a, do a little a mashup and see how many different perspectives there are. <laughs> As a kind of a microcosm of this larger conversation we've been having about life and differences, yeah. and all of them being cool, because I'm, you know what, I'm sure everyone's say, the way they pronounce ruminations oh, brings something different cool. to the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh dude, do you ever kind of look back? I think we had this conversation recently, and it's, and I think we we're having the conversation with a, still an appreciation for present, because I know both of us are very happy in our jobs. Our mm-hmm. living situations, life is pretty awesome when you get to do what you love every day. Yeah. And we think back, I th- we were thinking back on D&J when D&J was there. Yeah. And about how we were kind of younger and impatient. We're like, damn, we didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Because it was so chill and yeah. so fun. Yeah. But only the, 
only Naray, the N of D and J. Yeah, he knew. <laughs> he he was a step ahead, and I I don't think he either. told me straight. Yeah, he, he yeah. He was like, you don't know what you you don't know what you have. Yeah, and I think I think I didn't either. Yeah, because when I when I left D and J, it was open high road with someone I didn't know as well as the two of you guys. I was just like, dude, it's a bigger place. I'm gonna help more people. Yeah, and it was and it was like, I I know Naray was just like this dumb ass yeah. I think both of you guys kind of had that but you knew I had made up my mind so you guys supported me yeah of course which was cool and I know we had had some conversations but like we look back and it's like dang <laughs> we were in our 20s yep and we were running our own business yep laughing hysterically all day every day dancing having fun day. <laughs> dancing around <laughs> kick soccer balls and all the members the all of them happy all the time everyone yeah. that walked through those doors yeah that was their place yeah and i think i don't know my one of my goals i was like oh i think i can carry that into a different place yeah and i kind of got lost for a bit yeah when high road first opened and it was it was crazy to learn so much about so much in mm-hmm. such what in retrospect we were doing for a short amount of time yeah. business ownership Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know for for me, I don't know if you ever felt like this when we were there. It felt kind of small, you know. For for yeah. me, I was like, "Damn, yeah. this building's too small. How are we gonna grow?" Yeah. But There's that was that that, that, was that, in, that was that was that impatience, right? Yeah. Where Nere yeah. was like, "Dude, now you don't get it, guys. Like, there is yeah. not shit like this." Yeah. I was like. Why wouldn't every gym yeah, be this we front? So, we were so thirsty to grow. We uh-huh. were like, how can we expand more, be bigger, get to more people, mm-hmm. like help more people? How are we? But we were on such like a high energy wave to do that, that it was hard to sit there and be like, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Because it was so awesome, we just wanted more of it. Yeah. Like, oh, this is so awesome. We could have more awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you change any decision you've made since leaving? Definitely not. I, I agree. <laughs> hey, you know why? Because fucking where we're both at right now, mindset-wise, and I know we have an awesome group of friends that we hang out yeah, with, yeah. with a lot of people with amazing mindsets, yeah. all very successful at what they do, and man, we're just goofing the fuck off for so long. Yeah. But it was awesome because all those lessons we learned and mistakes we made helped all of us where, you know, I know I'm in my early, oh shit, almost mid-30s. Oh, Oh, dang. dang. Yeah, that's coming up. Um, Where it's like, dang, I like opened two businesses. Yeah. That's a weird, I just thought that's what you do. Yeah, (laughs) that just seemed like the thing to do, right? Normal, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, dude, anyone can do it. I, I, I believe anyone can do it if you're willing to, if you're willing to work hard and be patient. Yeah, it's possible. For some people, I think it takes more work than others, depending on how privileged they are to be. You know, wherever they arrived in this life. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I think it's possible for sure. Yeah. Well, I think. I would definitely agree with you that those variables make a huge difference. Yeah. Tremendous difference. Um, I think what I was making an effort to get into, if someone kind of 
gets the idea and they have that thought where let's say like everything already had played out where the opportunity's there mm -hmm. I think I did a, a poor job clarifying when the opportunity's there a lot of people don't take it yeah even if everything else is set up like you don't have anything to lose right like you take out a loan that's rough or you open and it closes whatever yeah and I I get that I just never thought I never thought that would happen with D&J yeah. When we opened that. Like, I never thought yeah. we were going to close. Yeah. It just seemed like... It was it just was like, we're not growing fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then with, with High Road, I know for a while, I was like, shit, this is going to close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and that, and that was gnarly, but to come out of it and be like, oh, shit, like, I wasn't that bad. Yeah. In retro, like... Don't don't get me wrong, it was heavy. Yeah. But to come back and look at it, it's like, oh, dude, life is still awesome. Yeah. And even that whole time, because of friends like you and the group of friends we have, it's like, dude, that sucks, but you'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So as I think long as you got good people around you, dude. And man, I think we got real lucky to have good people around. Yes. How much of that do you think is choice? How much, how much choice do you think is involved with people? when it comes to choosing their friends and who they associate with because I'd venture to guess that not everyone that's listening has friends that are supportive and trustworthy and fun to be around where like oh fuck it you know yeah yeah I mean what, I, we don't get into like super petty bullshit yeah because everyone knows in the end yeah because you end like, up being like your friends yeah so yeah I don't know you know I I, I felt like I got lucky to become friends with a lot of the people I'm friends with, yourself included. Mm -hmm. You know, I just was kind of like a kid and didn't know what I was doing. And you started talking to me at the gym and you're like, hey, man, just be you. You're cool. And I felt like that was the first time anyone told me that. And I was like, oh, because at the time I was just being super robotic. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be personal trainer. Uh, <laughs> hello, my name is, you know. Uh, yeah. And I just felt like I had to be a certain way. Yeah. And I think, you know having the good fortune to meet you and then all of our friends, I felt like I got lucky, you know? Yeah. I think if, uh, if you don't fit in with the people that you're hanging around because you don't have similar life goals or ideas, eventually you won't hang out with them anymore. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you kind of choose with uh, what you value in life. Yeah. Do you think some people feel stuck in their circles of friends? And that limits them in some way, shape, or form? Mm, I could imagine that it would. I mean, I could see, you know, if your friends... If you like to go hiking, mm -hmm. you know, for example, and none of your friends want to go hiking with you, you're probably much less likely to go hiking. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, expanding that to any topic, really, you know, if your friends aren't into something that you're into, it could definitely... I could see that limiting your readiness and willingness to make choices to do the things that you want to do because you have no support around you. Mm -hmm. Did your parents support you going to Spain? Uh, they your... did. Yeah? Kind of. I think my mom was a little afraid. She was like, wow, uh, I don't know what you're doing. Your dad just died and you're like running away. I think she was worried that I was running away. Uh -huh. I, think, uh, I think she was worried that I had a lot of emotional... like issues around it maybe that uh she was like oh the running you know how running away from your problems doesn't really solve them but mm -hmm. i think 
that and me being really far away from her. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't necessarily supportive, although I know she supports me as like her son in any decision I decide to make in life, and she tells me all the time, I support you in any decision you want to make. I love <laughs> you. So, I mean, in that sense, she supported me, but I think, I think, I guess she was probably afraid for me. Yeah. Like, she didn't know what I was getting myself into any more than I knew what I was getting myself into, and she was like, on the other side of the world, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what could happen here, too? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you went to Cal Poly, correct? Yep. And you got your degree in philosophy. I did. All right. Um, and for those of you listening, I have an, another good friend named Brett who also got his degree in philosophy. And the thing that got me into philosophy was standing next to two of my best friends and having like shared all these life experiences with them and like hung out with them. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but it sounds, <laughs> sounds this sounds, this sounds awesome. Yeah. And so the way I got into philosophy was conversations with you guys. And I picked up a random book at Barnes and Noble. It was a uh, minds, brains and science by Jean Paul Sartre. Sartre, you know, oh, I don't, I never it's know got how the, to say that guy. Yeah, that's name. that's a tough one. It's really weird. I started reading. <laughs> I started reading that with no education in philosophy. Yeah, and I remember reading each page over and over, yeah. attempting to to process it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, and I'm like, okay, I think I get it. But yeah. it was it was fucking exhausting to read. But the challenge was enjoyable to think about those thoughts in right. such a wide variety of ways. Yeah, and. I didn't even know that's kind of what philosophy ends up as a whole being right. about to right. a certain degree. And I remember telling Brett, hey, I got minds, brains, and science. And he was like, dude, <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. You're an idiot. And I'm like, I, what's the book I saw? Yeah. He's like, dude, that's yeah. complex. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been to – I don't know – what complex philosophy is yeah. because I haven't formally been told. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was like, oh, this shit is gnarly. Yeah. I had a similar experience to that actually because uh-huh. I jumped around a bunch of majors when I decided I didn't want to be an engineering major anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to take a philosophy class after intro. I thought intro was cool. I was like, all right, I'll try it this one on Kant mm-hmm. who is like a really he has a really strange way of writing very similar to where you need yeah. to read every word that's exactly time. how like I every feel every sentence you would go like yeah. what does that mean every time <laughs> I've read Kant I'm like this is heavy yeah I, like, I'm willing to put in the work right. but damn I, like my brain's working so hard I'm like oh, it's, I can't read this before yeah. bed but it felt like I was reading like a word puzzle. Mm-hmm. And so I got really addicted in the sense that I was like, oh man, I really want to know what this means. Uh-huh. And what is he talking about? Yeah. And you know, it sounds kind of like what you were describing when yeah. you said, you know, your experience with uh, that book. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that definitely hooked me. And I was like, let's see what other crazy shit people are <laughs> yeah. saying. Because well, it, was, <laughs> it was so challenging, but uh, did you ever have those situations where you're when someone says what's your major and you say philosophy and they're like oh i hated it oh yeah almost and, everyone does that. <laughs> and and when you would say oh why do you hate it they just go it was just too hard so i gave up 
Did you ever kind of get that? Because that's I've heard that response a lot. I just didn't understand what they were talking about. Or people will say it just sounded like nonsense. Yeah. But I think that's just, I don't know, I feel, yeah, like a lack of understanding what's actually being talked about. Because when you say it in plain words, like, you are who you are, you like what you like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. It sounds really stupid. Yeah. You're like, yeah, of course, those words all make logical sense. (laughs) But when you actually dig deeper and like ask yourself, what does that really mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you just kind of sit with that question yeah. and do it. Yeah, you know, you find that there's a lot more going. Why? On. Why do I? Why do I like this? Right. Like, what the is the motivation behind this? And all the theories that were being put into it before technology gave us the opportunity to v- view the brain in real time and really dig into human behavior. And, right. And these were dudes that were just looking yeah, at stuff. Just sitting around. That's, that's – it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How much do you think your study of philosophy influenced um, – Italian majored in philosophy as too. Your wife, Italia, majored yep. in philosophy as yep. well. How much do you think the two of you both being into philosophy motivate – like made the decision to go to Spain easier or the decision to get married easier? Where do you think the – philosophical concepts that you may have learned about prior to meeting each other what kind of influence do you think those things had on your relationship and your decisions to like let's just fucking do shit yeah yeah i think that they had a large impact Mm -hmm. you know i feel like uh by studying philosophy we were both able to obtain tools Mm -hmm. to kind of you know see the world through different lenses Mm -hmm and you know be open-minded to new possibilities that we hadn't yet explored and i think that general you know open-mindedness and willing to dive into questions that you didn't understand and oh what would it mean if we you know got married and what would it mean if we just decided to leave the country and live somewhere else and what would that look like and how would i feel and just being comfortable you know kind of exploring those ideas and having tools to navigate the branches that come off of making those choices, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, played a huge role. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. The, well, remember the other day, the three of us were talking on the Fourth of July just by the pool. Yeah. For, I don't, I don't know how much time went by because nice. I don't think any of us were paying attention. But every conversation that we had somehow bridged into philosophy and then different versions of why we thought this or that and then Mm -hmm. we were just bouncing ideas off each other and even when we didn't necessarily agree it was easy to disagree because we could all understand that our perceptions of reality or a certain situation are shaped by our life experiences and all the things influencing us at all times going into that moment which i know that was kind of a lot uh, maybe a bunch of word soup but (laughs) I think a lot of people forget that a lot of decisions that people make in their interactions, like sometimes people see each other every day. They don't know each other's names. Yeah. They, they don't, I mean, they're barely making eye contact. People are afraid to say hi to each other. Yeah. Because people are so afraid of just maybe connecting or they think they don't have time to say hello or smile at a stranger. Do you ever see that? Yeah, for sure. Uh all the time yeah I remember one time I had an assignment 
for this uh, leadership course that I was doing, and like the assignment was every day. <laughs> I don't remember, you going I don't remember how long it was for. I feel like maybe it was yeah. a day, maybe it was. Weeks, that was when you were in World Works, right? Yeah, where <laughs> you just smile at every person you walk by, and that was the thing. You just had to. It didn't matter who they were, how angry they looked, whatever. Yeah. And it was crazy to see just people. Some people would be like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Why is he smiling at me? And some yeah. people will be so happy to see a smiling face that they would just like let down their guard and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, what? Some people would be like, Why are you smiling? Yeah. That's, that's weird. And some people were just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I remember uh, you were. We were hanging out at Bobberdude House. This is back at... So, those of you who don't know, <laughs> I have a friend named The Bobber Dude. It was a nickname given to him by his dad. But Bobber Dude is pretty much the son. And, like, and the Bobber Dude House... Or maybe the Bobber Dude House was the son. And for years, that was the, the center of the universe <laughs> for our group of friends. Yeah. So everything kind of happened at the Bobber Dude house. Um, or, well, many things at least. But we I remember too, so. we, we also lived there. Um, and that was, a, that was a big part of it. Um, but I mean, that's where everyone came to party. Yeah. That was the party house. That was the central hub. That was the central hub. It was the central hub before we lived there. Yep. It was the central hub after. Yep. And if everyone wasn't doing other stuff, it would still be the central hub. And it is. Yeah. On occasions where it's time for everyone to get together. That's the place. Yeah. So I remember getting back to what I was talking about at the beginning before I segued into describing the Bobber Dude house, but I felt like it would help you understand it better. Yeah. Uh, we we used to play beer pong and cornhole and all these things kind of in the front yard yeah. uh, a lot. So a lot of us would be drinking out there and just having a good old time. And I remember one day Derek was just waving at cars driving by. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I remember seeing that. I'm like, all right, well, what's going on? So I went over there with a drink in my hand. I was like, what's up, man? He's, and he said, oh, yeah, for the, for the World Works thing, it's one of our things. We got to wave it every, like, we just got to wave at people. Like, it's like waving at strangers. And I was like, that sounds fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, funny. And it was funny to see it. I'm like, and it was right. cool. I, yeah, I was like, whatever, I'll join you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? And then we just stood there yeah. waving at people, laughing it's our asses fun. off. And because it's funny to see people's reactions because you're just saying hello. Yeah, just being nice. But, but people were like, why is this? Why is this dude smiling and waving at me? Uh-oh. Uh, he must be up to something. <laughs> what's, what's this? What's this person up to? And it, and what's funny is, is to do it when you're not drunk. Also, uh, yeah. where it's a habit of just saying hello to strangers, yeah, just saying hi, and it's still really funny to see the reactions of people. Definitely. Um, and it's alcohol is not involved the majority of the time nowadays. But yeah, for for me, for a little while, I was like. Oh, yeah, this, this is, is a, a funny fun thing. Game. Yeah, this is a fun <laughs> drunk game. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird that we live in a world where people are so defensive if if you if you just wait. Yeah. We live in a really like separated world, I feel like. Everyone's in their own little zone on their mm-hmm. phone in their bubble of friends that they talk to online. Yeah. And it just I mean, because phones are so addictive, once you kind of get sucked into that, it's hard to get out of it. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a possibility that... Well, phones were created to connect. Right. Right? 
But when we think about all the things that our phone does now, our phone isn't a phone. It goes by that one word now. Right. Right? But it's a thing that... I'm recording a podcast on my phone. This would usually require a studio. I am an individual that has a radio station because I downloaded an app. My qualifications for this are zero (laughs) other than the fact that I thought, I wonder if there's an app where I could record stuff and help people. Yeah. That was not a thing in the past. Right. So our phones have so many features now, and they have games and calculators, and you could use yeah. it as a scanner, everything. All kinds of stuff. How much, on a scale of one to 10, if you could quantify it, do you, as someone who has made a career out of connecting with people, how much do you think our phones affect us on a cultural level in the United States on a scale of 1 to 10. Not that you've done any research. I think you've read yeah. plenty about it, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think on a scale of 1 to 10, 8. I don't know. I feel like they play... I mean, everyone has a phone, you know? Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that most people do when they wake up? Check the Pro- phone. Probably their alarms on their phone. Mm-hmm. So I, they're getting the phone immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta see... I don't know. Do, do I have anything I need to know? Yep. Tell me, phone. Is there, any, is there anything <laughs> I need to know? Yeah. Is someone trying to tell me something? <laughs> is there something in the news I need to know? Did yeah. I miss anything? Like, we all immediately get on our phones. And, I mean, maybe not all. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't. But it seems like, at least based on the experience that I've had in the society that I'm living, mm. that, <laughs> that lots of people spend yeah. a lot of time on their phones. Oh, most definitely. And I know I, I'm I'm guilty of that at times as well. I think oh for sure. I think I think everybody is, and I I think one of the things is some people don't realize it or never think about it because it's so commonplace at this point. Yeah. Because there's this thing where it's like I'm convinced I'm connected to people, right? Because the people live in my phone. Yeah. Well, especially people that grew up with that. Especially people that grew up with it, but I think. There's this uh, behavioral adaptation going on with people where our where our brains are not our brains can't evolve as fast as technology, hmm. right? So from from what I've read and something I kind of feel like I experienced after reading about it, um, there's a book called Irresistible by Adam Adler or Adam Alder, but it it talks about all the the ways our phones affect our our brains yeah um and the it's the chemical yeah response oh for sure so our brain is convinced that reality is here yeah because it hasn't caught up to like oh it's a thing we understand the concept right, right? but the chemicals and the the way our brain yeah, responds respond emotionally it, yeah. on a subconscious level to this stuff is like i can't tell the fucking difference. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. And it's weird because people will go so far in in uh, in conversations on the internet. You have those instances of people doing saying all kinds of crazy stuff on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. all kinds of really, really, really wild stuff and attacking yeah. people things like crazy things they would never say to people's faces things they would never say to people's faces but they're like oh no this is normal it's like the way society works now yeah and I think about like holy shit yeah like that that to me 
is some wild stuff. And why are people so afraid to say those things in a face-to-face situation? Right. Why do they feel so confident saying them behind a screen? Um, that do you do you feel like, or do you think, or have you read anything about the potential? For, like, it seems to me like almost a minor form of self-imposed split personalities but it's so socially acceptable it's like yeah, you oh yeah personas. here's my me on the internet yeah and here's who i really am yeah does do you ever think about that is that yeah a, a concept sure. yeah yeah i mean i mean because i think about it uh when i was uh, at a meditation retreat they were talking about how we have our different circles of people around us, right? You know, maybe you have your family circle and you have your friend circle and you have your work friend circle and you keep them all, potentially you keep them all separate, right? And you've had your version of you that you built up for your family. They're like, oh yeah, Derek, he's this way. He does, he's always doing these things around us, so he must be that way. And you know, you build a different version of yourself for your friends, a different version of yourself for your work friends. And potentially a different version of yourself for, you know, your social media presence, however you, because you only select which photos you want people to see about you and you paint a picture of yourself and share the thoughts that you want people to know that you're thinking and you don't, because you, obviously they don't know everything. Mm -hmm. So you definitely create your presence Mm -hmm. or a false version of yourself at least, you know, which you kind of said a split personality potentially, Mm -hmm. but you know, a false version of yourself that you want to show people as this is what I want people to see about me in this arena, at least, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which I think can be dangerous. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> which, which is, which is one of the reasons for this, this podcast in, in general, because as we've discussed, we have that unique set of life experiences through personal training with people. Right. And we've learned a lot about so many. It's like, Look, y'all, you're the fucking same as this person over here that you don't yeah. like. Yeah. You you are the same. Uh, yeah. You have so much more similar than different. Yeah, everyone's you, eating. Yeah, everyone's yeah. drinking water and stuff. Yeah. Everyone's sleeping. Some people don't drink water. Some people don't drink water. I, that's why I almost... Y'all, but y'all need to drink saying, water. Drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, hydrate. It's summer. God. <laughs> Too many, too many cramps. Gosh, drink more water. Drink more water, please. For the, for the love of Pete, drink more water. Yeah, because you know what? We all gotta drink water. We're all humans. We all have the same muscles, more or less, and bones and tissues. Our brains need it to function. They, yeah. And our insides. Oh, our by the way, uh, I didn't say it at the beginning. This episode sponsored by water. <laughs> Drink it, fool. Yeah, more. More. Uh, well, one of the before before the water tangent. One of the things I wanted to talk about is, um, uh, so you know, since the NJ, where I think our members grew into that gym with us. Yeah. And that gym, it was just everyone like just kind of saw our growth from square one. Yeah. And you develop these bonds with people and it's this little community, right? And it's like, cool, I want them to know me, like really know me. And it took a little while for High Road to get there, but I was willing to just be like, hey, this is, like, look, I got this shit going on. Uh, Sometimes I won't tell you about it, but if we talk one-on-one and it's not like, I'm not going to go up in front of a class and be like, everyone, that's what's going on in my life today. That's not what people show up for. Yeah, in case you wanted to know. 
Uh, this is the crazy shit happening behind the scenes. But when you when you talk to people and you're open with them one on one, it's like, oh, cool. And then you just realize like we're connected. And that community grows. And you know, as you know, and anyone that's listened to these some of these podcast episodes, I shifted to another gym, CrossFit Chino Hills, as a result of High Road closing. And I think one of the motivators for me in this podcast is they see where I'm at now. I'm like happy yep. the vast majority of the time and I'm not losing my shit on people like I did for plenty of time as a coach. Um, I, I make an effort to not be overbearing. I make an effort to be myself. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I, I have a lot more life experience to go off of like, Oh, you know, yeah. whatever this or, or that, or, or a lot of experience coaching or making an effort to, to connect and, um, and I think most of the people there don't really, or at this gym, don't really know me well enough to know, like, oh, Josh had issues with depression. Yeah. Josh wasn't always happy. Yeah. Like, they didn't see that shit. Right. But what's, but I talked about on a previous episode, like meditation and all these things that we've talked about, philosophy, like this stuff helped. Mm-hmm. So I thought this interview with you would be really cool so that people can understand, like, once again, most people don't know shit about each other when they're just meeting because it takes a while to get to know people, but there's everyday people doing badass shit. And I know I'm a product of the people I surround myself with, but I can only say that so much until anyone that listens gets introduced to someone like that. So I still want to interview Bobber Dude, I want to interview D-Rock and Ben and Dave and everyone that's done such cool shit. Yeah. And then just keep branching out so that people continue to understand that someone doesn't have to be a celebrity to be special yeah. and awesome in a variety of ways. Oh, for sure. And that's what this whole episode was about. Like, hey, I'm, if you think I'm good at anything, it's only because my friends are good at shit. My family's good at shit. Yeah. You know, I, wait to, I can't wait to interview my brother on here too. That'd be cool. That, that guy's got some stuff to say he's a smart (laughs) dude but uh yeah we've been really lucky to be surrounded by the people that we're surrounded by oh yeah and and i think uh a lot of it's by choice because i know there's been times i think in each of our lives we've been around some people we didn't want to be around at a certain point like we did and then it was like maybe this this isn't what i want to do right now the kind of stuff i'm trying to get into yeah and i and i like i said i think sometimes people feel trapped but nobody's trapped ever yeah ever and I and I hope like that's kind of the underlying message yeah. I think of a lot of the stuff we talked about uh, do you have any kind of thing or the recording's about to be over this is almost an hour nice that's a trip dude we did great yeah good job <laughs> us yeah uh, I mean for they first say, interview they say make choices out of love and not fear you know you're always gonna experience those things I, I mean I'm afraid every day I'm gonna do something stupid I'm like fuck what if I don't do a good job same here you know but we can't uh, we can't let those things be the things that run our choosing mm-hmm. you know our decision making we gotta choose to you know do good things be positive love more you know like you said when you're old and you look back what do you want to be able to say that you did you made choices out of fear or you made choices out of love out of kindness out of you know positivity and power mm-hmm and I think, you know, that's that's the way I choose to live my life, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, on that same note, I had a thought, and I had a thought years ago, and this was maybe a year into High Road being open, and I was talking 
to a couple of my friends. I was talking to Dave and Jared. And they'd, they'd come down from uh, Orange County. They were some of the first people I met through doing CrossFit. And we were having these conversations. They were cool dudes. And I had, I had said something to them. I was like, dude, I really want to uh, write my own eulogy. Mm-hmm. So I think about being present and living life. I really want to write my own eulogy. Is that a weird thing? And I kind of. I was like, well, I, I feel like if I write my own eulogy, then I'm setting a goal for myself. Yeah. This is who I want to be. Right. If I set this goal, like who do I want to be remembered as? What, yeah. like, what, what do I think the best person I could be is? Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll be more likely to make decisions that fall in line with that. Hell yeah. At least that was my thought. Yeah, it sounds Which, like a great thought. Yeah. <laughs> only, I never, only I never got around to writing my own eulogy. I just started thinking, I could fucking die today. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen. I read a book about uh, probability. Yeah. And every decision just be like, we're just making decisions based on probability. Nothing's certain. Right. There's no guarantees. Yeah, and I remember, like, that was right around the same time. And I'm like, dude. For all I know, I could be one of those people that's walking across the street and I just get hit by a car and I'm dead. Yeah. I went, I, when I went for a walk this morning, that's what I thought. I was like, well, it happens. I, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not afraid of it happening. Yeah. I, but I know I want to live every day like I have no idea when I'll die. Yeah. And it helps me appreciate every day more. Yeah. I, I think. And I think uh, a lot of us think we can predict when we'll die accurately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. No way. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. Hey, life expectancy seventy nine. I'm like, oh, all right. I've got forty years left. Oh, a Velociraptor just ate me. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Yeah. How could you? How could I? <laughs> Didn't know that they were gonna reproduce those with a CRISPR. CRISPR. Have you heard about CRISPR? I don't know what that is. Oh, dude. They're doing some shit with DNA. DNA. That's a DNA thing. (laughs) Sounds like a DNA thing. Uh, Anyways, that's going to be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Um, You you want to say anything to the people? I know you you had the last little bit. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable with. I'm gonna try and write my eulogy. Rad. I think that's a good thing to like, just you know, as an exercise to see, like, check in. Where am I at? Because you know, I don't check in with myself often enough either. It's a good way to you know, hey, what do I want to be able to say at the end of my life? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I'm all about, man. So thanks for that. Teamwork. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for sitting through this conversation, um, a pseudo interview. It's the first crack at interviewing. Hope you enjoyed it and hope you continue to live a life of love, make good choices, and enjoy every second like it might be your last. Thank you for listening. This is another episode of The Juice Man Speaketh. As always, I appreciate your time and who you are. I want you to live the best life. And if you have any feedback, go ahead and shoot me an email at joshua.baumgarten, B-A-U-M-G-A-R-T-E-N, at gmail.com, or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Oh, but definitely remember to record yourself saying ruminating, yeah. ruminating. If, if, uh, if you have the Anchor app, you can send me a message for that. I'm really interested to hear how to pronounce that word. Yeah. Mashup coming soon. Mashup, mashup <laughs> coming soon. Uh, now i got to download a mashup maker on my I phone. Mean, someone's got one. All right. Well, if you know any good mashup makers, <laughs> let me know that stuff too. Thanks for listening. Bye.